No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. It's Monday night. And you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast. Right here at 6pm, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining Thank you for joining us. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. Well, it was a little bit more than a weekend. And the week wasn't so lovely, but, you know, whatever. We're back now. We're rolling now. Nothing's going to stop us now. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, like Minister of Fun Kimmy just has with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond. Uh, prove that you're eating crackers. Okay. How about this? You hear that? Now, would any man drink a cold, refreshing beverage with ice if he wasn't washing down dry, brittle crackers? Hmm? Hmm? I close my case. See that? Thank you for joining us. Winning TV with a diamond. DLive.tv slash winning TV. One of box, uh, one box of cheap wine with a long straw on my lap. That's the way to enjoy it with a straw. I always put a straw in my alcoholic beverages. The bigger, the better. One of my one of my dreams ever since I was a small boy was to one day walk into like a really tough biker clubhouse where they serve, you know, beer and shit. Like in the movies, how you'll see all the... It's a, it's a bar in the middle of fucking nowhere in the desert, you know what I mean? Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Boogie! Well, hello, Coffee Talk with <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the diamond. So one of my dreams like, was to one day go into a biker clubhouse where they serve drinks, one of those desolate places in the middle of the, in the desert, you know, on the side of a highway, on the side of a highway, and go in there and like order the girliest drink in the bar and then put one of those straws in it that's like all twirly and shit that does the loop-de-loops or it goes around, maybe get a little pineapple, you know, a little, pop a little umbrella in it or something and just sit there and go, hi boys, how's everyone going? What are you up to? <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I wouldn't survive it, but you know, I just think it would be a fun thing to do. Not film it or anything, like not for Twitter video, nothing like that. Just for your own fucking satisfaction. Because why not? I'm alive, goddammit, and I want to feel alive. And if you want to feel alive, you can follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. So much to get through. Uh, a lot of people out there over the weekend criticizing Donald Trump's CPAC speech. I'm sure you've seen this. They've been telling you what a horrible speaker he is. And it's true. He's terrible. Uh, terrible speech giver, terrible speech maker. Uh, I mean, it's just fucking awful, really. 
And what do you expect from Adolf Hitler 2.0? Honestly, let's be Ring the so. bell and get, get your, your cheese, cheese man. man. Thank you for the sub. Coffee talk with Sandra. So I didn't think it fair to talk about, like, why should, why should we let this former president hog all the airtime? You know what I mean? That doesn't seem right to me. That's not the way we roll here on this show. So I thought I'd open up tonight's proceedings, ladies and gentlemen, with a word... Coffee Talk with Sandra, always with the circle back shit. Well, I've got to leave you hanging for more. Got to leave you hanging for more. So why don't we kick off tonight's program with a word from the current president, the real president, the legitimate president, ladies and gentlemen, Joey B, as we like to call him, Joe Biden. All right, take it away, President Biden. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli. Uh Uh-huh. Excuse me, Pinell. And uh, what am I doing here? There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to analyze. In this seemingly short clip, it is only 35 seconds long. There is a lot to go through. The first thing that I would like to draw your attention toward, ladies and gentlemen, is this particular moment here where you can literally see, you see he's touching it there. This first couple of seconds, you can literally see Joe's left eye, your right, if you're looking at the screen, Joe's eye starts twitching halfway through the sentence. Remember when we were talking about this before? Months and months and months ago, where Joe would have these senior moments, which is fine. You know, seniors have senior moments. I'm not criticising him for it. Uh, Whether or not you think that's good for, you know, running the White House is a good question for you. It's not up to me. I don't care. It's not my problem. (laughs) So he would have these little senior moments and you could tell that he was getting angry with himself because this is what older people do. You know, when they can't get the words out, they get frustrated and they kind of look down at the ground and their eye twitches. And they ha- when they have a senior moment and they forget what they're supposed to be talking about and they, they have a moment of self-realization. Oh shit, I'm halfway through a sentence and I've just been mumbling, I can't remember. And then the frustration starts, right? This is all happening in fractions of a second. And so you get these little involuntary spasms, right? You know, looking down, looking up, eye twitching and all of that stuff. I would also like to draw attention to, you know, he he mentioned, you know, the, his favorite people. And what did he call, what did he call Sheila Jackson Lee? <laughs> Last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson. Sh- Shirley Jackson Lee. <laughs> Now say what you will about the last guy. Joe Biden is the breast, the breast, the best president since the last president. I think we can all agree there. He's the best one since the last one. So you know it's not all bad. Uh, but say what you will about the last guy. He always got their names right, at least. <laughs> he he realizes that he's getting names wrong. He hasn't done his homework, or at least when he's looking for the names, he can't retrieve them. 
And that's when it all starts to fall apart towards the end. When he he literally can't remember the person's name that he's supposed to be, you know, honouring, talking about what a great job they're doing and how important they are to the cause, right? <laughs> Joey B. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. Uh-huh. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, (laughs) uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple of reasons. First, everything's going well, huh? Everything is just, everything is just going super. Congratulations, America. You're doing super. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got uh, Shirley Jackson Lee and, um, uh, you know, Tina uh, Pinnell, I mean, what the hell am I doing here? I'm going to get off track. <laughs> you're going to get off track by saying hello to the people that you're supposed to be honoring during this speech? Ah, uh, look, there's, two, there's a simple way around this, right? Honestly, write, write speeches for Joe. Don't write speeches imagining Joe can handle it. Write speeches for Joe in his current state. So instead of writing out a list of names and giving them to Joe and saying, Joe, we need you to remember these names. These are the Democrats who are making a difference here in Texas, right? And you're here at a Texas function. you got to tip the hat. So don't give him a bunch of individual names. Just say, how about this? Just say, and I want to give a special thanks to all of the Democrat, you know, congressmen and women here in the grand, sta- uh, the great state of Texas, and then move on, and then move on. Because if you try to get if you if you try to get too specific with Joe, then he's going to malfunction, and things like this will take place. You'll get the eye twitching, the frustration, the the moments of just he just blacks out for moments sometimes five, ten seconds during these little senior moments. And again, there's nothing wrong with having a senior moment. You know, I think we're all very patient. We respect our elders here on this program. You know, we want to hear what they have to say. And if it takes a little bit longer to get it out, then so be it. It's going to be worth the wait. I mean, like I said, this president is the best president since the last president. I think we can all agree. So one more time. Take it away, Joey B., the inspirational leader of a new, young, hip, united, diverse America. Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me the a little last. He people. came in to see me last event. Mm-hmm. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli. Uh, uh, excuse me. Pinnell. Yep. And uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> I never get bored of seeing it. Ah, it's not good. It is good. What are we talking about? Of course it's good. It's great. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The great Joey B. (laughs) Inspiring, like I said, inspiring the youth of America to achieve great things in the future. 
and diversity and unity and all of that shit. <laughs> He's all of that and more. Joey B, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now that brings us on to our next topic of conversation. There are some people who have been associated with Joey B out there in the public. You may know these people. They may be friends. They may be. They might even be family in some cases, which would be horrifying, I know. But there are people out there associated with Joey B and the rest of his young hip crew. <laughs> I'm sorry. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I lose track. So there's a lot of people out there associated with Joey B and the young hip Joey B street gangs. And they've been out there, they've been protesting, they've been, you know, letting letting everybody know that they're not very happy with the way things are going. There was recently a protest in Portland, I think yesterday or the night before. Uh, people protesting border camps, of course. So, you know, it's it's not all peaches and cream. It's not all beer and Skittles out there. There are some real people with real concerns. And in, you know, in the past, we have covered protests and we've, we've offered a little bit of advice to the protesters. Like, for example, you know, maybe reconsider throwing that Molotov cocktail into the window of the local police, police station. Maybe, maybe reconsider. Maybe that's bad octaves. Maybe you, there's a better way that we can do this. You know, you catch more flies with honey, right? What about also people who take like signs to rallies with things on them like 5G is causing cancer. Now, the problem is, you know, you, you may be scientifically correct. I'm not saying that you're not. You might have a valid point. But when you write that shit on a protest sign... It just gives everybody who's a normie, you know, you, you, people are constantly talking about, oh, we need to red pill normies, red pill normies. If you go too hard too soon, they will pull away from you. And they'll say, wow, that's a crazy person. That's not the way that, that's not the way people get quote unquote red pilled, right? It has to be something of their own creation. It's like a domino that falls. You have to just tip over one little domino. You don't come in and swipe them all off the tabletop in the first move. You just hit the first one and then hopefully the rest will fall. So we've been talking about, you know, being more effective at protests. And I'm proud to say, ladies and gentlemen, as an Australian, that here we give a fine example to the rest of the world, to the rest of you ignorance out there, how to do an effective protest. Like I said, Australian style, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this. Extinction Rebellion protesters are planning to disrupt Brisbane CBD this morning. The activists will move from the Botanical Gardens to Parliament House in what they call civil disobedience. Sunrise correspondent Bianca Stone is in Brisbane, obviously, with some of them. We'll cut across to her now. Um, what's happening, Bianca? Now, <laughs> if you want to make a point for a protest, if you want your protest to be covered on national television, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the, in the initial look of shock on the host's face is just fucking priceless. 
So the first time, the first moment they cut to the on the on the on the beat reporter, right? On the street reporter. And the host sees it. <laughs> this imitation of the walking dead. And then they cut back to the host and you should see the fucking look on her face. It is amazing. Move from the Botanical Gardens to Parliament House in what they call civil <laughs> disobedience. Sunrise yeah. correspondent Bianca Stone is in Brisbane, obviously. <laughs> She's sitting there going, what the fuck? <laughs> See? No need to go out there and say, you know, Joe Biden is a lizard creature from outer space. That won't work. 5G gives you cancer. That won't work. That won't get you attention. Iceman double four double three with a diamond. Jill's looking a bit hunger there. A bit hungry there. Oh, Jill, I see. So th- none of those things are going to work. But if you want to get on television, then, you know, hello, boys. Here's an effective way to protest. Australian style. House in what they call civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. Sunrise correspondent Bianca Stone is in Brisbane, obviously, with some of them. We'll try to cross to her now. Um, What's happening, Bianca? Matt, good morning. There are some scary scenes outside Queensland Parliament right now. (laughs) Scary. Remember the stories of the hard-nosed journalists who would be not afraid to cover anything, you know? They would go to, like, war zones. People would be shooting at them. The risk of being captured and decapitated was an ever-present threat. Yeah, I'm standing out the front here of the local parliament house and there's a bunch of people dressed up like zombies. It's really scary. (laughs) Scary scene. Now, if you think that she's being sarcastic, hold the phone. This... Uh, this video is entitled, and I quote, Zombie Extinction Rebellion Protester Attacks Reporter on Live TV. <laughs> She's literally getting attacked by zombies on live TV, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what are these fucking people doing? Um, what's happening, Bianca? I love being Good morning. There are some scary scenes outside Queensland Parliament right now. A swarm of zombies has converged on Queensland Parliament. We'll take you to the scenes. It's outside Parliament House. This protest over. is an Extinction Rebellion protest. It's to coincide with the first sitting of the 57th Parliament. Basically, what these guys are trying to show is they're the zombies of the future coming back to warn uh, the politicians about this uh, climate change crisis. The zombies of the future are coming. They're coming back to warn us, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The zombies of the future. Trying to save us from fucking climate change. Look, look at some of the some of the banners they've got. I warned you. Dumping our future generations. Zombies of the climate apocalypse. It's a very catchy name. (laughs) Cooked with gas. Oh dear. Let's carry on here. 
union protest. It's to coincide with the first sitting of the 57th Parliament. Basically, what these guys are trying to show is they're the zombies of the future coming back to warn uh, the politicians about this uh, climate change crisis. They're calling for urgent action on climate change. This is the Extinction Rebellion group. We have seen so much of them in the past uh, here in Queensland. That they are saying that more action will be taken here in Queensland. There is another march planned uh, for March. And they said, no, this will be a peaceful protest, except for this zombie that is gnawing my arm right now. You don't want to interview the zombie, Bianca? No. Can we get a quote? Yeah. I'm not sure the zombie has to. Um, anything to say? I did my job. Climate oh my God. Change Can we not? Okay, no. <laughs>
white people passing as people of colour. Oh, dear. Have you been out there imitating minorities again? Hmm? You can't help yourselves, can you? Who would want to pretend to be a black person, huh? Oh, wait, that's racist. Oh, racist. You should want to be black. You know, it's so strange. Here we've been telling people for the last 20 or 25, 30, perhaps even 40 years that being a white person is inherently privileged and racist and needs to be done away with. And now we are very surprised when white people are saying that they aren't white anymore. <laughs> and then they had this happen. It's very strange. The two things have nothing to do with each other, of course. By now it's become a familiar revelation. This is the article. Someone in the academy was pretending to be a person of colour. But the consequences of such trickery are complex. It's trickery. <laughs> and it's complex. It's not simple. And thus can be more unsettling than the simple shock value suggests. Recently, a professor at the University of New Hampshire allegedly created a Twitter account on which he masqueraded as an immigrant woman of colour. A professor was doing this. Professor! Moulding the minds of the future leaders of our world, ladies and gentlemen. A university of professor, a university of New Hampshire professor allegedly created a Twitter account on which he masqueraded as an immigrant woman of colour. The account spread, quote, misogynist, anti-trans and anti-Black Lives Matter messages. So it was an, it was an immigrant woman of colour Twitter account. That was the avatar. But you see the double, the double bluff, huh? The double bluff. He was actually a misogynist. He was anti-trans and anti-Black Lives Matter. Oh, no. Listen to this. The school announced on Thursday that the faculty member had resigned. Yes, just out of the blue. Just decided one day, you know, I think I've had enough of this teaching thing. I'm going to take up my future career on Twitter, masquerading as an immigrant woman of colour. <laughs> So I'm sure I'm sure the resignation had nothing to do with this. You know, they don't say it had anything to do with this, so I'm sure it's completely disconnected. I'm sure that he wasn't this person wasn't pressured to resign or anything like that. I'm sure that didn't happen. Because we support free expression here. In September, the county learned about CV Vitolio Haddad, a graduate student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison who resigned from a teaching position after admitting on social media that they falsely claimed to be a person of colour. Just the week before, there was the revelation about Jessica Krug, a former prof uh, professor at the George Washington University who posed as black throughout her professional career. Seems very strange to me. Seems very strange to me with all of this unearned privilege why one would want to imitate the people who are without privilege. The oppressed, the outsiders, the people who are excluded from participating in modern Western democracies. Obviously, people are imitating coming from an ethnic background of which they are not because your ethnic background has nothing to do with anything. That's why they're doing that. They're obviously imitating, these professors are obviously imitating being 
minorities of colour because there is no advantage in a university sense to being a minority of colour because the world is racist against you. Obviously. That's why they're doing it. Don't you see? Don't you see the unfallible logic here? And of course, any mention of racial... Listen to this term. I love this. Racial deception. (laughs) Racial deception. Fuck me. You've really got to be careful out there. You just never know what you're dealing with. Now nowadays you can't even you can't say male female right because that could potentially be misgendering somebody. So everybody's you know a non-ethnic a non-ethnically specific person of you know unknown quantity. <laughs> and of course any mention of racial deception recalls the head-spinning journey of Rachel Dolsey the head-spinning journey. Oh yes. Somebody will turn that into a kid's book one day. The activist and former Eastern Washington University professor who in 2015 was revealed to be cosplaying as a black person. But the the above story's structural uniformity obscures how the injury caused caused by racial fraud varies. So your racial deception, ladies and gentlemen, your, your your method of racial fraud. I bet you didn't know this. Did you know it's actually causing harm out there in the community? Oh, yes. You're one of the bad guys. You know, when they say, if you're not with us, then you're against us, that doesn't mean that you should wear blackface. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> in some instances, there's a unique cruelty of tracking in corrosive, time-worn stereotypes of people of colour. For example, the former University of New Hampshire professor conjured up the image of a non-white immigrant as an antediluvian, arkly conservative, as resistant to the noble ambition of bolstering equality. Ah, oh, yes, the noble savages. <laughs> they, they really don't understand just how racist they are. You know, I know it's a meme, but fuck, fuck me, please. I mean, listen to the way that this is, deri- uh, this is written. Krug's deceit was both naughtier and not. On the one hand, she sought refuge in the US's general benightedness regarding race and ethnicity. The places Krug chose to identify with, North Africa, the West Indies, East Harlem, the Bronx, cannily preyed upon a certain American laziness when it comes to passing race beyond Jim Crow. Listen to this fucking word salad shit. Kitty B in the chat. It's, it hurts me just knowing there are disgusting people out there using my pain as an accessory. Well done, Kitty B. Yes, Kitty B's a victim. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you for joining us, Kitty. And Kitty B, can I just say you're very brave being here, putting up with this, putting up with this racial fraud. You know, you nobody would, you know, hold it against you if you were to you know, open up, maybe even cry a little bit, th- just thinking about this racial deception and the, and the harm it's inflicting on you. I think, you know what? We're all here for you. <laughs> We're all here for you. you could, we could be your shoulder to cry on. You know, this is a place of sharing and love here on this show. Kitty B says, I can play their game too. No, no, you're not playing. It's not a game. It's real. It's real. Kitty, if you say this is real, you might, I might get to keep my channel. <laughs> You're a victim. Now shut up. 
Kitty, you're a victim. Listen to the white man, okay? <laughs> Listen to the white guy. You're a victim, okay? Now shut up. <laughs> okay? And I will protect you. I will protect you because I am a white person. <laughs> what the hell are we doing on this show, man? <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. I feel half victimized every December 7th. You should. You should. Everybody's a victim. <laughs> On the other hand, Krug's performance of her bogus identity was often one-dimensional. At one point, she claimed to be, quote, an unrepentant and unreformed child of the hood. <laughs> the description was both striking in the flat manner it chose to legitimize blackness and in the queasy suggestion that being from the hood is something to correct. Yes. <laughs> being from the hood is something to correct. This is, this is something that I've always had an issue with, right? Because if you grew up, look, if, if you're somebody who grew up in like less than ideal circumstances, and now everything's relative, of course, but generally speaking... If you grew up in like, you know, a kind of maybe a poor area, a lot of people on welfare, shit like that, you know, alcohol, drug abuse, that kind of shit, like petty crimes, you know, if you grew up in that kind of an environment, then I don't, I don't know anybody who grew up in that kind of an environment who doesn't say, you know, getting the fuck out of there was the best thing that ever happened. You know what I mean? But it's these... It's these media types and these university types who say, no, no, there's honour in that. No, you should be proud of that. You should be happy to live there. You should love living there. You know what I mean? Oh, these these awful racists came out and said that it's not good to live in the ghetto. <laughs> and it's like, great. Did you ask anybody who actually lives in the ghetto? Did you ask their opinion? Or do you just say that it's wrong for people to say that it's bad? <laughs> I think all the people living there know that it's not good. I think we can say that without too much, you know, controversy. But hey, no, apparently white supremacy. Yeah. It was the last thing on my mind to think she was lying. I would think I have the details confused, Garaya added. Oh, here's Jacqueline Keeler, the editor of the native-led magazine Pollen Nation, speaking in the aftermath of the McLaughlin scandal. Quote, these people are centering themselves in our issues. They are heading Native American departments. They are telling Native students what they can and can't study. It's to protect their own position. Oh, congratulations. Welcome to the fucking point, my dears. Welcome to the, welcome to the point that we've been trying to make for the last 20 years, my pretties. Which is thus, hey, why are people out there pretending to be spokespeople for a group of people, like a racial group of people? You know, me as a black woman thinks X. I think I speak on behalf of all the black men in the United States when I say white. No, no, no. You don't represent anybody. Al Sharpton, right? People like this. They don't rep they do not rep represent anybody except themselves. You know, it's one step above the white people who get offended on behalf of an unknown group of people. 
the, the white people who get offended on behalf of like a black person or black people or Latinos or Asians or whatever, you know the people I'm talking about, the bold frame glasses, right? The people who get offended on behalf of others. <laughs> that's, that's like the ultimate, that's the top of the food chain when it comes to this stuff. But time and time again, we just suck it into it. Oh, yes. Well, they said that this is offensive. Therefore, it must be true. Somebody told me that this is offensive. I must think that now. People can speak for themselves. And this is to say nothing of how racial deception at times reanimates the notion that it's somehow easier to be an academic of colour, a belief that might explain why the issue appears to be prevalent in the academy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good leftists. Good. Academia's troubling trend. White people passing as people of colour. We've got to put a stop to it. We really do. Um, I'm just going to break it up a bit. I came across this earlier today. Because I was watching... Um, I was watching some clips of some news programs and stuff like I do to do prep for this show. And I came across one of these shows on Fox. I forget what it's called. You might know what it's called, but it's the one where there's like four girls or four chicks and a guy in the middle. And, you know, he's supposed to argue with them and stuff. Do you know that? Is it called Versus or something? Or is it called, you know, four girls, one guy, or two girls, one cup, whatever. It's fucking, you know, you know the show I'm talking about? where they have like a token male to break up all of the female voices. And this guy was doing everything possible to just agree with the women. Like, so he would say something in a very timid way, like, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, be offensive here with all the ladies, but I really think such and such and outnumbered. Thank you very much. Snatch bomb Jackson outnumbered. So he would come out and say, oh, well, I don't want to be offensive. And then the women would just, they disagreed with him completely and then he would just flip and just agree with what they were saying even though he's contradicting his own point and I was watching this and laughing and it, it got me thinking I remembered a guy that I used to listen to when I was a little kid growing up a radio announcer here named Stan Zamanik okay and he used to do this show called Beauty and the Beat he's dead now he died of cancer a while ago and he saw he's sorely missed because he was like he was like the Australian Rush Limbaugh a little bit. There have been a few of them, but I think Zamanic is definitely like in that mold. And so it got me thinking of like what television used to be just not even that long ago. This is from 2001. So have a look at this. This is what they Welcome took from us. I must say I get a lot of letters from people saying, what sort of credentials do the girls have to be on the panel? Well, if I could just quickly go around the panel, you know, we have Rachel over there, who's a disillusioned pommy who came out to Australia and can't find a bloke. I've we got have, a bloke. You've got a bloke now. Since you, last you have week, yeah. since last week. Yeah. What in the park? You're rolling in the park. Oh, you were there. <laughs> okay. 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 Then, okay. then we've got. We got then we got a bloke who cut off his penis to become a Sheila. Oh, <laughs> So that there on the screen, that's uh, Australian celebrity personality from about 20, 30 years ago, Carlotta, right? Which was, uh, Carlotta was born a man, right? 
born a male. <laughs> and the, so the description the description of Carlotta is here's a bloke who cut off his penis and now calls himself a Sheila. <laughs> Again, you, you could not you could not get away with this now. But this wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> and the thing is, Carlotta's laughing. Oh, shut up, Stan. And that was the end of it. You know what I mean? But now there would be hundreds of thousands of people who would sign a petition on Twitter or something like that who would be getting offended on Carlotta's behalf. You know, he, he wasn't talking about me. He didn't say anything about me. He wasn't referring to me. I've never met the guy, but I'm really upset by what he said about me. This is the attitude that we have now, by and large, right? Somebody can say something not even, they don't even know you. You're just an audience member and you will take it personally. Everybody's been taught to take everything personally now, haven't they? So, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad that long ago. You know, what, 2001, 20 years ago, ain't that long ago. Look how much we've come, look how far we've come, look how much we've changed. And I am happy to say that we are much safer now. Things are so much better now, aren't they? We've, we've progressed, haven't we, to this state where everybody understands the things that they're not allowed to say. And everybody's just getting on so much better because of that. Don't you agree? I mean, you'd be a right-wing conspiracy theorist to say anything other than that. Let's be honest here. So things are much more better now. Not like this dinosaur, this offensive dinosaur. I'm offended on behalf of all of the trans people out there for this despicable comment, this awful commentary. But we'll play it anyway, just so we can learn what not to be like. Do the girls have to be on the panel? Well, if I could just quickly go around the panel. You know, we have Rachel over there, who's a disillusioned pommy who came out to Australia and can't find a bloke. I've we got have. A bloke. You've got a bloke I found now. One since you, last you have week, yeah. since last week. Yeah. What in the park? You're rolling in the park. Oh, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> how okay. Long you and, okay. And then, okay. then how we've long got. Is it? We haven't got there. Then we got a bloke who cut off his penis to become a Sheila. Oh, God, oh. <laughs> then we've got. Then we've got Ida, who's who is a divorcee twice, a serial divorcee. Oh, okay. Run a mile. Then then we've got Prue. Then we've got Prue over here. Prue over here who's never been married, never had children, <laughs> never had a relationship. Jesus. Well, you've been in a relationship for 18 years. Isn't it about well, time you got married? No, that's And then we've got Cam problem. Camille over here, who, once again, no bloke, no husband, no kids, no relationship, no. nothing. <laughs> happy, happy. Potential lesbian. <laughs> Carmel. Potential lesbian. <laughs> I mean, we've got Rachel over here. No husband, no kids, no boyfriend, no bloke. I mean... Probably a lesbian. <laughs> what? <laughs> just just contrast that with what you see on panel shows today. Even on Fox News, you know. Well, I wouldn't want to say anything that upsets a woman. I, I, that'd be terrifying. I'd lose my job, right? You'd be thrown out on your ass within minutes. They wouldn't even wait for the show to be finished. They would just replace you during the commercial break. There'd be a different guy sitting there wearing a fucking cheap suit. Just acting like we've just got a we've just got a factory line of hosts that we can just merge in. And you'll be out you'll be sitting out the back in the dumpster. <laughs> Wondering how the hell did I get here so quick? 
That's how far to go. <laughs> he cuts deep. A potential lesbian. She's nothing. Potential Potential lesbian. Come on. Camille. Absolutely. And the old Sheila over here with the black hair. What's the cross section of society? The old Sheila over here. But have a look at you though. You're all failures. Have a look at you though. You're all failures. He's going. You're all failures. We've got a bloke who cut off his penis and now says he's a Sheila. Uh, you can't keep a man. You don't have a man. You're probably a lesbian. I mean, look at you. You're all failures. <laughs> this is what they took from us. You're all failures. You've all, got, maybe you've all, got, you've all got failed relationships. The lot of you. They get very salty. There you have it. I just thought a little bit of flashback, a little bit of fun for you. Uh, all right. Oh, okay. I tell you what, we'll wait to do. We'll wait to do this one after the break. Somebody sent me a clip. Now this is very exciting because this might take the whole hour when we get back. But just as a little bit of a teaser before we do go to the break, someone sent me this clip of the city of Fontana, which I believe is in California. The city of Fontana had. This, this thing, this event called the State of the City Address, right? Not the State of the Nation. Not the State of the Republic. The State of the City Address, which I guess is kind of like a glorified town hall meeting. And I was skimming through this earlier and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> look at this. So we're going to have to break this down. This will be a lot of fun. Ben K. Veritas is in the chat. He's the one who sent it to me. You wait until you see some of the shit these people are doing with your tax money. It is absolutely fucking fantastic. So we'll cover that when we get back. Plus, I've got another, you know, couple of odd and interesting things to bring you. All on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Stick around. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. 
I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ! What are you fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like I, I was just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come dick on, you really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so. Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good Good self, UK Neil, over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More I don't this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Straight back into it here. We're not fucking around here because we have got very, 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 very important things to discuss. As you know on this show, in fact, it's so important, I'm going to cut the intro thing that I normally do. Let's just cut it, get straight to our mood music. That's better. Because I need, I need background music that conveys the urgency of what I'm about to show you. you know, something that portrays just how 
dangerous this is. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. Anti-vaccine extremism is akin to domestic terrorism. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, remember, this is also... that We have been talking about race a little bit tonight. So it's also worth remembering, though. Remember, if you're a black person, then you it's not anti-vaccine extremism if you're black. Remember, that's called vaccine hesitancy. And you have every right to be hesitant of a vaccine because of how you've been treated. That's fair enough. However, if you're a white person who is a little bit sceptical of the vaccine, you're now a domestic terrorist. <laughs> you know, what I love most about the corporate media is that they don't engage in dangerous rhetoric. They don't engage in hyperbole. They just report the facts. That's what I love most about the corporate media. You know, what I love most about the Washington Post is they keep me informed without ever, you know, trying to escalate a situation. They never use incendiary language. They're always very reasonable. Thank you for keeping me safe, Washington Post. Vaccines don't stop viruses. Vaccinations do. This common public health saying means a vaccine does no good if we can't get it into people's arms. I couldn't agree more. Whack that vein, nurse. Let's get this fucking done. Let's kick this pig. Insufficient supplies, natural disasters, and bureaucratic mistakes have slowed efforts, but the overall goal of vaccinating a large majority of the US population may ultimately be hampered by the anti-vaccine movement unless steps are taken to limit its impact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and how how do we limit their impact? Well, let's begin by categorizing them effectively. I'm going with domestic terrorist. <laughs> I'm running with domestic terrorist. That's how I'm going to keep these anti-vax loons in check. Otherwise, <laughs> because they're the crazy ones. Otherwise. America may witness more scenes like the one in Los Angeles on January 30 when a mob of anti-vaccine protesters stormed Dodger Stadium, one of the nation's largest vaccination centers. These extremists succeeded in temporarily shutting down the site, delaying patients, many of them elderly, from getting their shots. The anti-vaccine activists have told the Los Angeles Times that they intend to keep disrupting vaccination efforts. So you can see, ladies and gentlemen, these dangerous domestic terrorists did delay vaccines for some elderly people. <laughs> I mean, it's, basi it's basically the same as blowing up a building, isn't it? It's, it's like blowing up a busload of nuns, what these people, these dangerous extremists are doing. They, they, they momentarily paused a vaccine rollout. Can you believe it? They may as well be out there beheading people. What's the difference at this point? Public health officials, police and fire departments must join hands with a common goal of securing vaccination sites for patients, like hands across America. We, we want the fire brigade, the police, uh, the bureaucrats, the public servants. We want them hand in hand forming a human ring, a human force field around the vaccination centres to protect them. 
Sacrifice your life. Get on the front line. Protect the vaccine at all costs <laughs> from the infected. <laughs> We're living in a dystopian science fiction movie. But like the virus itself, anti-vaccine extremists are crafty at finding new ways to threaten people. <laughs> Again, what I what I love most, what I, you know, what I really love most about the corporate media and, and outlets like the Washington Post is they never engage in incendiary rhetoric. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fake news out there which will use some very harmful terms, which will be encouraging violence against a certain group of people. I'm glad that the Washington Post never does this. They just take care of us. Thank you for keeping me safe, Washington Post. But listen to this. But like the virus itself, anti-vaccine extremists are crafty at finding new ways to threaten people. Disruptions are possible anywhere vaccinations are being administered, at sites large and small, even at pharmacies, just as anti-maskers have harassed employees and customers at stores. Laws need to be strengthened to deter such actions. We can still honour the First Amendment and make sure people have access to vaccinations. Laws have been in place for years, creating buffer zones to distance protesters from abortion clinics. Legislation that has withstood plenty of court challenges. Los Angeles is planning such a zone for Dodger Stadium. Surely similar laws can be enacted to discourage harassment of those seeking protection for... <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> just have to take a moment before I get this one out. The article continues, and I quote, Surely, similar laws can be enacted to discourage harassment of those seeking protection from a deadly virus. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. <laughs> even, though they, even though they come out and admit often, right, that the vaccine isn't a cure, the vaccine isn't going to change anything. They're, they're openly telling you that you're going to have to continue wearing masks until at least 2022 or 2023, even if you get the vaccine. In some cases, they're asking you to wear two masks, then three, then four, now five. <laughs> oh, no. We need to protect the people who are who are seeking protection from a deadly virus. Wow. A major weapon of the anti-vaccine extremists is the ability to organize disinformation campaigns on Facebook and other social media. So, all right, so we've got to go after the social media. Got to take them off these platforms. We can't let them organize a disinformation campaign. <laughs> Corporate owners of these platforms can moderate and close down groups that promote disinformation and endanger lives. You see, you see what's happening here? They're coming after your speech. That that I mean, it's a me, it's another meme, right? To say, well, these people over here see speech as violence. It's a meme that again and again and again and again comes to reality. No, no, no. Your speech is literally killing people. Your speech is putting people's lives at risk. You are a domestic... We've gone from that. We've gone from your speech is causing harm. That was maybe four or five years ago. 
We went from your speech is causing harm to your speech is killing people to you are a domestic terrorist. In the space of four or five years, that's all it took to have, you know, again, media outlets now just openly slamming, you know, millions and millions and millions of people, your domestic terrorists, all of you. Why don't these companies, the article continues, treat anti-vaccine activists the same way? A troubling thought is both the social media companies and the extremists have a financial interest in continuing as before. He just mentions extremist in every single paragraph, constantly referring to people as extremists, constantly throughout the whole piece. A troubling thought is that both the social media companies and the extremists have a financial interest in continuing as before. Coordinated attacks on the truth, you're attacking the truth, by anti-vaccine propagandists are the best advertising for the alternative remedies and magical supplements that many anti-vaccine leaders sell to their followers. It's all a sick money-making operation. Coordinated attacks on the truth by extremists and propagandists. I mean... You're really laying it on a little thick. In other words, some anti-vaccine leaders' financial well-being depends on endangering everyone else's health and safety. You are profiting off extremism now. Social media companies should not be complicit in this dangerous movement. I don't underestimate the backlash from anti-vaccine protesters that awaits anyone who tries to rein in their poisonous efforts. <laughs> Taking co concerted efforts to counter the coronavirus anti-vaccine movement has already resulted in violent threats being hurled at me and my legislative colleagues. How, my legislative colleagues, who wrote this? Richard Pan. Richard Pan is a paediatrician and California state... Senator. Senator. Okay? So this is not just some whacked out, you know, recently, you know, this is not some blogger on the internet, right? This is not somebody working for some, like, far-left fucking Twitter-based media operation. No, 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 no. This is a state senator in the most heavily popula uh, populated state in the United States. How about that? And this state senator is labelling, like I said, millions of people as violent extremists who are risky, who are putting lives at risk, who need to be stamped out. <laughs> Scary, huh? And boasting about it. That's, that's all I can stomach of that one. Let's go to this since we were in California. That, that, that legitimately put me on my heels because I didn't realize that the guy was a senator who wrote that, which is horrifying. Yep. To steal a, to steal a line from Rachel Maddow, this is who we are. <laughs> all right. Let's do this. 
So this was sent through by Ben K. Veritas. We're sticking in Los Angeles. The city on uh, of Fontana is in Los Angeles. I'm not quite sure where it is, but it's an LA city. Maybe a country city, a small city, a large town, something like that. We hope that this program will shine a bright light on the positive things to come for our city, our residents, and our business partners. And I was sent this really with no context. Just like, here, enjoy this. I'm going, okay, well, I like to enjoy things. I want to have things to enjoy. I'll check it out. And I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed. Like I said, I scanned through it for maybe a minute yesterday. I was like, oh, okay, I see. This is very strange. This is wholly bizarre. So let's have a look at the city of Fontana. And now, like I said, this is some kind of yearly thing that they do in Fontana. But it's basically like a city hall meeting. It's a glorified city hall meeting. It's called the State of the City Address. The City of Fontana State of the City Address. Let's have a look. We're starting off well. Look at this. Okay. Forward, Fontana Forward. Right. Of Fontana's 2021 State of the City Program. This is not from like the 1940s or something. This, this is 2021. This happened last week. <laughs> Mob tech, what am I watching? You're watching the city of Fontana's fucking council meeting. This is the state of the city address from the the, the local government of the city of Fontana in Los Angeles, in, in California, pardon me. <laughs> And again, this isn't from the 1930s. It's not from the 1940s. I do love the flapper outfits. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite styles. But <laughs> this is today. This is this is what your tax... If you're living in Fontana, this is what your tax money is paid for. <laughs> All right, let's carry on. Isn't new to helping Fontana. Everything's so Fontana positive and happy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go. We, we, we'll get to the speeches later on. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. The city of Fontana's 2021 State of the City program. The, the MC kind of sounds like Irrational Times. Irrational, is that you, Irrational Times, doing this? Are you? Have you had a hand in this? Were you involved in this somehow? Because that kind of sounds like Irrational Times. The city of Fontana. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the City of Fontana's 2021 State of the City Program. Fontana <laughs> I can't get over it. I cannot get over this. It's the first annual Montgomery Burns Award for. Do, 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 do. I'll stay. 
Commanding achievement in the field of excellence. <laughs> what is happening? We're looking forward to Look at it. Let's look back at all we've done. <laughs> we did our best. You all get through. You best believe it. You are achieving. <laughs> it's like I said, it's a town hall meeting. It's a city council meeting, basically. The state of the city address from Fontana. <laughs> this is. It's so bizarre and just <laughs> can't believe what I'm, I honestly can't believe what I'm watching. What happened? Where is this town? <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, I know it's a simple argument to make and it's one that people make all the time when they refer to government. If you live in the city of Fontana, you paid for this. This is what your elected officials... Your elected officials sat down and had a conversation and said, what do our citizens want? I know what they want. They want a 1940s-style big fucking stage production with dancing girls and piano players and singers in order for... Look, look at this! Look at him! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the City of Fontana and the Fontana Chamber of Commerce 2021 State of the City event. <laughs> the Fontana City of Commerce, the Chamber of Commerce event. Wow. And fucking God. God and God damn these people who have spent the last four years talking about you know politics is serious. We can't have we can't have people who don't take politics seriously. We can't have people thinking politics is like entertainment. Coming up after the break, the the, the city of Fontana's Chamber of Commerce Award Night. <laughs> the state we do this for you, the people. We do this to make you feel better. Can you believe it? I can't believe I can't believe it. I can't believe it. This is our 24th year and 24th event as the Chamber of <laughs> Commerce been, and the city's partner together. They've been doing this for over 20 years. <laughs> over 20 years of this. The city of Fontana's Chamber of Commerce, ladies and gentlemen, they're cool, aren't they? ...to do this, and we're so proud to bring you this event so virtually. I would be so proud, And by proud video too. production, to assure that everyone in the city of Fontana can hear the great news about our beautiful city. While there's no audience, and we have numerous challenges wow. ahead of us, we are up for the challenge. Like, all jokes aside, right, listen to this one more time, what he's saying here. Because this is the rationale for all of this fucking big production and stuff. Sure that everyone in the city of Fontana can hear the great news about our beautiful Hang on. 
He's partnered together to do this. And we're so proud to bring you this event virtually and by video production to assure that everyone in the city of Fontana can hear the great news about our beautiful city. And look, look at the set and everything. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it's big. There's, it's a big, it's a fucking stage production, right? You know, there's a huge screen behind the guy. They're on like a 1940s theater style fucking uh, stage. It's bizarre, man. But it's not entirely bizarre because <sighs> this is what I imagine. This is what I imagine news, like, this is what I imagine government fucking announcements were like in Soviet, I know it's, again, it's a cliche. This is what I I imagine they were like in, like, Soviet Russia, where you have a a big stage, but, oh, the government's doing wonderful things. We are doing this in order to show you how everything's great and everything's good and everything's positive, right? You know, coming, coming up after the break, uh, the minister for factories is going to come out and tell you how our boot production is just through the fucking roof. We are making so many pairs of boots. Everything's wonderful. Here's the dancing girls to tell you about it. And everybody looks down at their feet and they're wearing like these old worn out boots with holes in them. They're stuffing newspapers in their boots to fill in the holes because when they walk in the snow, they get fucking frostbite. They're like, really? Where are all of these new boots? It's like, shut up, you peasant. Enjoy the show. We're telling you what a great job we're doing. You know what I mean? Your tax money at work in the city of Fontana. While there's no audience and we have numerous challenges ahead of us, we are up for the challenge. I want to thank those of you who made this event possible. It's always gracious and kind of so many of our... Don't thank them yet. It hasn't even started. This, by the way, has this from this is from the city of Fontana's government account, right, on YouTube. So the, the again, the channel is called City of Fontana, California City Government. This is their government YouTube channel. They have one thousand five hundred subscribers. So they have this this entire city's government account has less subscribers on YouTube than I do on DLive. Little old boogie bumper. The show that nobody knows about, the show that nobody watches, and let's be fair, we like to keep it that way, okay? Just like to do our little thing here and, you know, we don't like to poke our head up out of the trench. We let other people poke their head up out of the trench and then we steal their gloves, their boots, your claws, your boots and your motorcycle when you're dead. So that's the way we like to, that's the way we like to roll here on this program. 1,500 subscribers on this YouTube channel. This this video, this live event that we do for the glory of Fontana, for the citizens of Fontana, so you can enjoy whilst we tell you what a great job we're doing with the city. This is the 24th year we've been doing it, by the way. It has, ladies and gentlemen, a grand total of 818 views. 818 people watched it. And you look at this production, how many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars did they blow on this fucking, like this self-glorifying, giving themselves a pat on the back? No, we shouldn't just come out and announce all the good things we're doing. We should make a big show out of it. There should be dancing girls. We'll rent out a hall, even though we know nobody's allowed to be in it because of our coronavirus restrictions, huh? 
Huh? He even said, we're doing this to no audience. Okay, why did you hire the hall then? Oh, we've got to have somewhere to put the dancing girls. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> eh? that everyone in the city of Fontana can hear the great news about everyone. our beautiful city. Apparently Fontana, is a, apparently Fontana is a city with little more than 800 fucking people living in it. Let's hope everyone in Fontana can hear this. That's why we spend all of this money on it. While there's no audience and we have numerous challenges ahead of us, we are up for the challenge. Yes. I want to yeah, thank those so of you brave. who made this event possible. It's always gracious and kind of so many of our sponsors. But to get started, I'd like to introduce a dear friend of mine, the senior pastor of Water Life Church, to give us the invocation. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Dan Carroll. Oh, well, so if there's no audience, then they must be piping in fucking canned laughter and canned applause and shit too. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice touch. <laughs> He just said there was no audience, and then you hear around of it. It's got to be fake applause. They're playing recordings of applause. Oh my god! Talk about talk about dystopian fucking nightmare, huh? Holy shit, man! We, we haven't even started. We're three minutes into this. That everyone in the city of Fontana can hear the great news about our beautiful city. While there's no audience and we have numerous challenges ahead of us, we are up for the challenge. I want to thank those of you who made this event possible. It's always gracious and kind of so many of our sponsors. But to get started, I'd like to introduce a dear friend of mine, the senior pastor of Water Life Church, to give us the invocation. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Dan Carroll. All right, let's hear the pastor. Let's hear what the pastor's got to say. He's, he's, obviously, he's, he's obviously a very committed man of God for taking part in this, you know, <laughs> this fucking theatre here, so... I'm sure it'll be good. Well, first, I want to welcome all of you to Water of Life. Thank you for all 18, uh, being here all, with us. All 800 um, of them. Unusual crowd for me, but we're glad to have you. So um, this has been a trying year, has it not? It's been a trying year for all of us. Well, it's, whenever... it's only, fe geez, mate, it's only February. Just relax. What are you going to be such a downer for, pastor? Copy pastor. I mean, this year's been really shitty. It's been really tough. Hang on, we're only two months into it, bro. <laughs> Mate, it can't be that bad. I thought, I thought, I thought we're supposed to be here to talk about positivity and <laughs> Iceman in the chat. What crowd? Exactly. This is fucking bizarre. He says, "Well, I haven't seen a crowd like this before." <laughs> he got introduced by saying, "We don't have a crowd." <laughs> Not used to this kind of a crowd. happening what is going on gypsy of diamonds gypsy where, where did you steal the diamond gypsy who did you steal the diamond from gypsy does he have a mouthful of gauze <laughs> maybe he's been chewing the insides of his lip off that'll happen that'll happen when you take the meth <laughs> calling 909 600 5502 and leave your comments in a voicemail message no more, no later than 5 p.m. on the day of the meeting. So they play voice messages, do they? Oh, yes. Lovely. Whenever you talk about this year, and uh, we were just sitting in the back talking about all the people we've lost, all the people that we've known, and each of us in the room, I'm certain, have... 
Maybe that's why there's only 800 of them left. Known somebody that we've lost this year, and that's a, it's been a long, It's a tribute year. for them. So we do a lot of praying around here. We do a lot of uh, believing that it's going to get better. And for me, with the city of Fontana, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are so strategic here mm -hmm. in the city of Fontana to make it a place that people can thrive. Because in the midst of COVID, in the midst of the struggle, there's been so many really good things that have happened. I drove down Sierra one day, and the police officers were out in the middle of the street uh, directing traffic, and I said, what's happening? And they said, well, you guys are doing a food giveaway, and there were so many people that it backed up all the way up to the city council chamber. Start, starting to sound like a very white town. <laughs> I mean, all of the dancers were white. Starting to get that, starting to get that itching suspicion of white supremacy afoot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm afraid. I know. I don't want to be a downer. Think of all of the good things that we're about to see, though. Yes, yeah, strategic. You're very strategic here in the city of Fontana. <laughs> Let's skip ahead because this guy's boring. All right. Oh, looks like oh, we've got another performance here already. Wow. So seven minutes in, there's something else happening. Okay, let's have a look. <laughs> let's have a look at the city of Fontana. I'm Philip Cothran. All I right. I forgot to mention I'm your favorite councilman, correct? Oh. All right. If you guys don't mind joining with me, go in and stand as we do our Pledge of Allegiance together as we honor our... Oh, okay. This is a very, this is a very fucking cringy conservative fucking town now that I can't... <laughs> Sorry. This looks like a very, very cringy fucking conservative town that's blowing perhaps, let's say, somewhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 on this whole fucking strange propagandistic production here. <laughs> Telling everybody what a great job they're doing. Look at the way he introduces a politician. Politicians should only be, be introduced at all times with a chorus of boos and nothing but. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never want to hear a round of applause for a politician ever. I don't care who they are, what side they're on. Boo all of them. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Chatty in the chat with the comment of the night. He's so cheerful about all the hungry people showing up to the food distribution. <laughs> And I mean, the city of Fontana is just fucking wonderful, isn't it? I mean, you look out there, there's a line of people. There's a line of people hungry, fucking starving to death, man. It's going all the way to the beach, bro. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> it's just fucking amazing, man. Hey, there was so many people below the fucking poverty line. <laughs> queuing up for a bowl of fucking soup and a cracker that we had to call the fucking police to direct traffic around them, man. It was amazing, bro. <laughs> Winning TV with the diamond. Thank you, Fontana, for keeping me entertained. I like to call this infotainment. We're learning and being entertained. Thank you so much, the city of Fontana. Now, like I said, have a look at how he introduces a fucking politician. Not with a chorus of booze, not with, you know, a somber and ladies and gentlemen, Councilman Rick Les Winan. <laughs> Councilman Les Winan. <laughs> Let's carry on. Wide world, they happen to be my grandchildren, so we appreciate what he does for us. I'd like to take a moment and okay. introduce uh, for our Pledge of Allegiance this afternoon, 
Uh, the mayor pro tem of the city of Fontana happens to be a, a wonderful young man, a man that I am tremendously proud of. He is my son. So welcome to the stage, Councilman Mayor Pro Tim, wow. Philip Cothran. It's also happens to be my son. <laughs> is everyone gay in this family? Because I, I do wonder how he has a son. I think you forgot to mention I'm your favorite councilman, correct? Uh, All right. If you guys don't mind joining with me, go in and stand as we do our Pledge of Allegiance together as we honor our flag and our country. So I look, look, I, I don't have, obviously, I don't have anything against patriotism. I don't, you know, I consider myself a nationalist in, you know, most respects. But just that doesn't mean that I, I can, you know, overlook very, very cringy things about it, right? I want to know. I have to meet the people who were watching this live, all 800 of them. I need to know how many, when he said, okay, please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, how many people were like in their living room stood up while watching this? How many? What do you think? I'm going to go out on a ledge here and say, well, if we've got 800 total who viewed it, I'm going less than four. That's how many people I reckon stood up, you know, put their hand on the heart. All right, honey, honey, get up. <laughs> This is our time. It's just like, oh no, man. Please place your right hand over your heart, if you may. Okay. And ready? Begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. For all. Thank you very much. Fake applause again. Thank you very much, my favorite councilman. <laughs> As always, <laughs> this events would be uh, not near as wonderful and fantastic without our sponsors. Fantastic. It takes a lot of people, a lot of effort. Okay, we're not giving any free plugs out tonight. Oh, we've got a new performance coming up. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so now I now I kind of want to know who the community partners are. <laughs> Let's see who the community partners for the for the fucking Fontana State of the City presentation, the event. We'll call it an event. It's the event that everyone looks forward to and have done for the last twenty four years in the city of Fontana. And we need to do this. We need to, you know, hire the hall out and have the big stage production and the dancing girls and the outfits and the costumes and the lighting and the sound, you know, and the big screen behind us and the piano player and the singers and the musicians. We need to have that in order to get the message out about what a great job we're doing here at the government. Wow, isn't it just fucking... This is dystopian to me. Everybody's got their own vision of dystopia. For some people, it's like nuclear fallout, right? For other people, it's, you know, civil war breaking out. And for other people, it's all of the electricity going out. And we kind of live in a, you know, post-apocalyptic war zone. For me, you know, the end of the world is nigh. When I think of that, this is what I imagine. Things like this. These very, very fake, over-the-top productions of government telling you what a wonderful thing they are for you. That's That scares the hell out of me. That's my dystopian nightmare.
So this is both horrifying and entertaining. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like when you get an erection watching tranny porn. You know, you're a little bit guilty about it. <laughs> very, very special way. Okay. Thank you for being a friend. Oh. Travel down the road and back again. What? 100 internets to whoever gets what fucking sitcom that was from. 100 internets, I'll take the first answer only. Thank you for being a friend. Come on, who knows it? It's not Alf. <laughs> Bob Tech in the chat. Alf. The Golden Girls, ladies and gentlemen. The Hidden Hand podcast winning the 100 internets for today. The Golden Girls, yes. <laughs> the, the Golden Girls, which we here in Fontana claim is was the last decent television show to ever be on screen. It was the last wholesome show that we ever had here in the United States. And ready? Begin. I pledge allegiance. Oh, no, to we the did the pledge. Hang on. I've heard a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Okay, let's, let's, thank, let's thank our corporate partners. <laughs> let's do a fitting tribute to our sponsors. A critical role in keeping <laughs> Fontana moving forward. Okay. We could not do this without our sponsors, yep. and we, this year we would like to recognize them in a very, very special way. Very special. It's very special. Thank you for being a friend. Tra okay, now I just noticed this. Someone tell me what's wrong with this scene. Okay. Again, another hundred internets up for grabs here. Someone tell me what's wrong with this scene. You only need a few seconds of watching it to figure it out. Have a look again. I'll put, I'll put it on the big screen. How about that? All right. Somebody tell me what's wrong with this picture. Thank you for being a friend. Okay. Tell me. What have you got? Hundred internets to whoever gets it properly. Dank PP. Dank PP in the chat gets it. Yes. So so we've <laughs> So we've spent money on this big stage production. We've brought in the piano. The, now, the piano is in the centre of the stage, which is already a faux pas. You shouldn't do that. The singer is off to the side of the stage and the piano is in the centre of the stage. The singer should be in the centre and the piano off to the side. But putting that to one side, they obviously know what they're doing. This is the city of Fontana here we're talking about. This is their 24th year in the game, so they know what they're doing. So I'm, I'm not going to judge them. But anyway, they've got the piano in the centre of the stage, the singer off to the left, but although there is piano music playing over the speaker, there is no man or woman seated at the piano. <laughs> so we have a woman. We have a woman singing the Golden Girls. Again, this is a government production. This is the city of Fontana getting the, the positive message out, out to their citizens about all the good things that are happening in Fontana. 
you have a woman paying tribute to their corporate partners by singing the Golden Girls theme to a piano which has nobody sitting in it. <laughs> they're just they're playing the piano track over over the PA. And you, you I, I mean, you have a piano in the center of the stage. You presumably have a pianist somewhere backstage, but you've decided, well, we've dragged the piano out here and sat at the middle of the stage, so it gets all of the focus. And when, then we've decided not to have somebody play the piano to a piano song. It's just fucking weird, man. <laughs> oh no, I can only play one song. I can only play, you know, American marching tunes. I can't play covers like Golden Girls songs. You'll have to play a tape for that one. <laughs> We want to we want to thank our corporate partners in a very special way by having this woman sing to a piano song that nobody is playing. It takes a lot of people, a lot very of effort, special. a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, and our sponsors play a critical role. <laughs> so, someone in, keeping... in the chat says, "I'm moving to Fontana soon." Fontana, moving <laughs> forward. We could not do this without our sponsors, and we, this year we would like to recognize them in a very, very special way. Kitty B in the chat saying it wasn't in their budget to have both the piano and the pianist. <laughs> Look, we could have one. We could have one, but not both. And if you think about it, if we get the pianist, it's just going to be a guy in a tuxedo with long tails just standing there. <laughs> just, just sitting there. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, who cares about a pianist if there's no piano? So if we can only have one, we're better off getting the piano and not having a pianist. Because like I said, otherwise it's just a guy sitting there sitting there in a tuxedo, just staring awkwardly <laughs> with white gloves on. <laughs> so we, just the piano, that'll do. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> wow. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. By the way, thick. Thick. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay. So, Sierra 76 Station was one of the corporate partners. That's nice. Stand up and take a bite. This is the Fontana Bette Midler, I think you'll find. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see the greatest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Pacific Industrial. Pacific Industrial. Look at all of these wonderful corporate partners. Okay. <laughs> uh, the production keeps going here. Let's let's get to our next item, shall we? Thank you for being a friend. Thank you. Exactly. Ernie, Ernie Banks in the chat. Exactly. Government is our friend. Yes. Thank you for being a friend. Winning TV, more cushion for the better cushion. Oh yeah, this this one's built for comfort, not speed. That's for sure. Carry on. We are proud to present 
our silver sponsors. Our silver sponsors. Oh, my goodness. AMS Paving. Do the... Oh, my God. The, the silver sponsors get a special, an even more special song. The silver sponsors get a song as well. Unfortunately, no pianist either for the silver sponsors. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the gold sponsors get. All right. So it looks like a little little boy band coming out. What would you think if I sang out of key? Would you stand up and walk out on me? <laughs> this is just... This is so weird. <laughs> I've never I've never seen anything like this. It's 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 like it's like an awards night but not for something glamorous. Like it's what I imagine like let's say the Pacific Northwest over 35s bowling association. This is you know this is the kind of award night that they would throw. And in the audience, like, everybody's on fold-out chairs. The table that has the snacks, there's punch and, like, cheese and dips, but nothing really extravagant or anything, you know? And those little paper plates. Everybody gets a napkin and a paper plate. And that's all on outdoor furniture, right? This is the bowl the Pacific Northwest Over 35's Bowling League Awards Night. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song and I'll try not to sing out of key. I get by with a little help from my friends. Wow. I get by with a little help from my friends. Oh, I can try with a little help from my friends. What what kind of a fucking town is Fontana? I'm being I'm being fucking serious. Does any has anybody I know Ben grew up in California. Ben, did you grow up in Fontana? Is that how you found this? Is this where you come from? That would explain a lot. Ben's a very nice, softly spoken guy with a good sense of humor. So it would make sense if he came from Fontana. Is it a suburb of LA? I thought it was a town, like in the middle of nowhere. He's like, no, bullshit, bullshit, Ben. Fuck no, bullshit, Ben. Bullshit. Bullshit. From now on, Ben K. Veritas, born and bred, Fontana local. <laughs> I bet, I bet, you know what I'm going to do, Ben? Fuck it. Next year, I'm going to become a silver sponsor of the Fontana City Hall event, and I'm going to, I'm going to make my company Ben K. Veritas. <laughs> and we're going to get you a shout out on the city of Fontana. I'll, I'll call it favorite son, Ben K. Veritas. <laughs> Fontana hero, Ben K. Veritas. We'll get your name up in light, son. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Are we going to make it to Fontana one day? Sure we will, Timmy. 
Sure we will. Skipping ahead because we've got more. And again, and again, we have to we have to point out. So when those last guys were singing, there was no fucking person sitting at the piano. They've literally got an unused piano on the stage. A, a fucking piano is just in the middle of the stage, and everybody's singing and dancing to either side of the stage. The, the this is this is giving my autistic this is giving my autism autism. I, I can't I can't stop thinking about why there's an unused piano just sitting in the middle of the stage the whole time. <laughs> what are you doing? Who decided that this was okay? It's really driving me fucking nuts looking at it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's not often I get like this, too. For some reason, that just really fucking annoys me. <laughs> that they would have all of these people singing to piano and have a piano in the middle of the stage, but nobody playing the piano. Why is it there? <laughs> Hang on. It looks like the next group of sponsors get... Oh, oh, we're up to... So we are. We're up to the gold sponsors right now. Let's have a look here. This will be... This ought to be fucking good. Now presenting our gold level sponsors. The gold level sponsors. you gotta have friends. So, again, if you're listening to the podcast, let me describe the scene for you. Now, in front of the piano that nobody's playing in the center of the stage, we now have a girl who's kind of doing a cross between ballroom dancing and boxing ring girl. That makes sense. She's wearing a gown and she's doing little twirls and stuff on the stage. <clears throat> but she's dancing with, you know, a sandwich board in her hands. <laughs> that says Burtek will take care of it. So she's got the sponsor. <laughs> she's dancing around with a sponsor's sandwich board in an evening gown <laughs> in front of the piano that nobody's sitting at. <laughs> Here comes another one. We've got another sponsor. Such a, I, I bet there's a lot of like unsolved killings in Fontana, you know? There's a lot of teenagers who listen to Nirvana and cut themselves living in Fontana. This is just weird. It's like Pleasantville or something. I don't know. They're dancing around and I mean it's it is like a time capsule, isn't it? 
it's it's like we're going back into another era here. You know, I, I often joke that um, Australia is like 30 years behind the United States, but this this does us in. This is this makes us this makes us look like the fucking a world of you know the year 2500 when we're all fucking flying around in hovercrafts and shit. This makes us look super advanced. This makes us look like Wakanda. Oh, and they've got one platinum sponsor to, to boot. Okay. Technology has changed the way we live. Emerging technologies are erasing the boundaries that separate people, places, and ideas. For more than 25 years, Crown Castle has been building and maintaining the infrastructure that supports this new way of life. Towers keep us connected. Instantly delivering voice, text, and data to the devices we depend on. Small cells improve coverage and set the stage for new advancements. Now, is this in Fontana? The footage? Because <laughs> I've got a feeling that the footage we're watching with this commercial from the Platinum sponsor uh, isn't in Fontana. Just a, just a hunch that I've got. This looks like one of those corporate, those god-awful fucking corporate vitch, uh, pitch videos that everybody has to do. But they're so cliched. Now, it doesn't matter what you're selling. You have to go through this whole fucking menagerie, you know. Pretending, pretending like you care. <laughs> that's, that's why advertisers and PR people and stuff, that's why they're so dishonest at their very core. Because... They take pleasure in being able to lie to people openly. You know, we have to show people that we pretend to care. <laughs> we pretend to care about the little communities and stuff. None of the people in any of those positions actually believe a word of it. But it's done for us. It's done for us, the rubes, the idiots, to make us feel a connection to this, you know, corporate behemoth, whoever they are. Like the Internet of Things, yep. smart city technologies, and 5G. Mm. Tying it together is our nationwide network of fiber. Good. Bringing the entire world to us in the blink of an eye. Here is where we find ourselves. <laughs> Rusty in the chat. <laughs> Rusty in the chat with a great point again. You know, this is wonderful. The 5G, the towers, we're running cables all across the country. Uh, just don't don't worry about the church line up for fucking food. <laughs> don't worry about the food bank line that's going down the road. We've got the cops directing traffic around it because there's apparently there's so many hungry people in Fontana. I mean, if this is Fontana here, what we see here on the screen, then it looks like a, a gorgeous little place. I'm not going to lie. And if the government of Fontana is this cheesy, if they're this cringe, that's the thing. Cringe people are seldom offensive. You know what I mean? Very, very, very cringe people are probably very nice people at the same time. I know. If you're a cool kid, then you're probably a cunt. Just putting that out there. If you're not, there you go. There's the message for today's show. If you're not cringe, you're a cunt. Boogie bumper. The infrastructure that new innovation requires. The space where transformative ideas thrive. The connections that keep communities together, safe and growing. We're Crown Castle. The pathway to possible. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's get back to some. Right, we got more singers, more dancers. Hey, hey, 
Ooh, he struggled on that one. Again, if you're just joining us, we are watching the city of Fontana's fucking council address. The state of the city address from the city of Fontana. And they've put on this little fucking theatre production. Okay, let's get back to some talking here. Okay, well, okay. At, at some point, another person comes out and joins these singers who are dressed up like extras from Sister Act. For, for God knows why. Here she comes. Here she comes, whoever this is. Okay. I, I can see Kamala Harris and Joe Biden doing going to this length in, you know, four years from now. I can definitely see Kamala Harris doing something like this. <laughs> okay. Did you really like that just now? Let's act like we really enjoyed that. Now let's, uh, boys and girls, let's act like we really enjoyed that. <laughs> Gypsy of diamonds with the diamond. Please clap. Yes. Let's act like we, <laughs> what a choice of words. Let's act like we like that. You know, not let's show them how much we like that. You know, let's, let's, oh, how good was that, right? Ladies and gentlemen, how good was that? Put them together, you know? No, no, ladies and gentlemen, let's pretend like that wasn't fucking shit. <laughs> let's pretend, let's act like we really liked it. <laughs> imagine, imagine being the singer and walking off the stage. Did you hear that bitch? Act like. Oh, don't be silly, Tommy. They loved us. They loved us. Those were real claps from the audience that doesn't exist. Those were those were real claps from the audience that's not there. Again, remember, this is in apparently in an empty auditorium. They said there's no audience at the start of this. So that was a real appreciative round of applause from the audience that doesn't exist. And then the pianist that doesn't exist stood up and took a bow as well, right there on the stage. Let's act like the pianist was playing really well on that tune. Let's act like we enjoyed that. Fuck. Is this, is this, is this what government looks like? Look at it. Look, government in the spotlight. Is this what it's supposed to be? I'm not sure it is. 
We, we might have to go just a little. I, I need to see more of this. We might have to go a little bit overtime tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But look at there's so much more happening in this video. <laughs> Either that or we'll have to do installments, I think. We have to come back to this is fuck. <laughs> now I want to know like what their previous ones were like. If this is a one-off, do they have a trend for this kind of fucking behavior in Fontana? I need to know more about this town. Did you really like that just now? Did you really Let's like it? Let's act like we really enjoyed that. <laughs> Let's act like we really enjoyed it. <laughs> Welcome to our first virtual, but 24th annual State of the City Address. Thank you to Water of Life Community Church. This is the mayor. This is the mayor that was just out there dancing with the people dressed like extras from Sister Act. This is the mayor telling the citizens to act like they liked it. Church for allowing us to use this wonderful venue. This amazing church has a Oh, it's a church. Okay. Okay. So they got a free church. Okay. All right. So they didn't hire a hall out. Well done. Maybe the gold and the corporate and the silver partners and the platinum partners, maybe they chucked in a little bit. Improving the quality of life, not only in our great city, but in our entire region and the world. Whoa. <laughs> huh? Big, big, big talk there. Big talk from the mayor of Fontana. Hey, you know, with our dancing girls and our empty piano, we're changing the fucking world here, guys. <laughs> we're changing, we're changing the world from Fontana. <laughs> Please act like you like this. Please act like you like it. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for your invocation and your leadership. Before we go any further, I would like to introduce our great city council. Okay. First, our mayor pro tem, Philip Cothran. <laughs> council member John Roberts. Whoa, okay. Look at this. Look at how Councilmember these Jesse Sandoval. Look how these politicians are being presented. They're being walked out onto the stage. And our newly elected council member Peter Garcia. <laughs> council member Garcia isn't new to helping Fontana. He is a Fontana former planning commission. He's a former Fontana Unified School District member. A scientist and now a Fontana council member. Because of his vast knowledge of our great city, he was able to hit the ground running, and I'm excited to watch him work. I encourage everyone to get to know him. I would like to also introduce our treasurer, Janet Kohler Brooks, our city clerk, Tony Lewis, and on the job for just nine months, our new city manager, Mark Denny. Weird. I want to also recognize our city. Like, is this? It, it seems like just 
self-glorification gone wild, doesn't it? Now, do you think that they genuinely believe that people care about this? You know what I mean? Do they do they genuinely believe in their heart of hearts that this is important to the citizens, you know? Like, let's go out there and ho- we'll have a whole production to our glory, what we're doing for you. It's just... Uh, it's too much. It stinks, you know what I mean? It's used car salesman shit. I don't like it. <laughs> Having this big stage production, talking about what a wonderful job we're doing for you. Like I said earlier, this is my dystopia. Don't worry about the Mad Max Fury Road future. That looks like fucking heaven. That looks like a piece of cake compared to this. Imagine if all governments did this. Please pretend like you like that. Please act like you like it. City employees, our business partners, our vendors, consultants. Okay, they've, they've spent. They've now spent twenty minutes giving themselves a round of applause and talking about their corporate sponsorships. So. It's only it's a one hour presentation, and all they've done is talk about all of the business partners and look at our counselors. Aren't they good? So there's got to be something else here, surely. City with Crown Castle, a communication infrastructure provider who is partnered with oh, another school district and another plug for the fucking f- the, for the phone company. Remember the phone company, the the nationwide five G provider, blah blah blah, tech company. Remember, they sponsored this thing as the platinum. They were the only platinum partner. You had community partners, silver partners, gold partners, and one platinum partner, which was this company. And now they get a personalised thank you from the mayor during this strange little theatre production. Infrastructure for education. Our Fontana Mayor's Education Coalition has worked hard this year to strengthen the partnership between the city, our schools, the business community, and other stakeholders. Our goal is to ensure our students don't miss a beat during this terrible pandemic. We are embracing the bold innovation about to occur in this city with Crown Castle, a communication infrastructure provider yep. who is partnered with Fontana Unified School District this is a library. our city to this, provide this is high a fucking- speed inter- this is a radio-style live read here from the mayor. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about the libtards so long on this show, but I'll tell you one thing that we need to take seriously, and that is the tremendous communications infrastructure being provided by Crown Castle. <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of fun here on the internet. But let me tell you, the infrastructure provided by Crown Castle means that I can get the jokes from my mouth to your ears lickety-fucking-split. Where would we be without our platinum partner? It's and again, this is the mayor now. Internet access to more than thirty-six thousand students at their homes and in their communities. This is exciting. This project will create the nation's first citizen broadband radio service, which is a private network dedicated solely to education. Establishing this network is a significant step forward in closing. Okay, it sounds amazing. Let's let's. We're already a leading city in the Inland Empire. 
but we are well on our way toward becoming a leading city in the state of California okay. and throughout the United States. Yes, well, like I said, with one and a half thousand subscribers, the city of Fontana government is just doing exceptionally well. They're on their way. Remember, they already have dreams to change the world from Fontana. So now we're going to become one of the biggest cities in California. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got some catching up to do. States, let me show you. Okay, let's have a look. A little presentation, good. One point six million website visits in the city of Fontana. There was a there was a statistic that flashed up just a minute ago. Where is it? Okay, hang on. Yep. Okay. Police service calls, 122,385. Now, if 800 people are watching this video, yet 120,000 people are calling the police kind of maybe gives you a little bit of a metagame analysis of the kind of place we're living in here. You know, it's all very rosy and happy and we've got sparkly dresses and we're doing can-cans and hey, the can-can girls, right? We've got a piano with nobody playing it. And it's all very nice and polished and very professional. Always look on the bright side of life, right? It's got that kind of a feel to it. But for 818 views that this video has had, obviously very popular, the government of Fontana, for that they've had 122,385 police service calls, which is concerning. <laughs> makes, me makes me think that perhaps beneath this very fine exterior, if you just scratch beneath the surface of Fontana, you perhaps reveal, you know, maybe a little bit of an underbelly, perhaps. Seems a lot. Seems a lot when you compare it to the amount of people who actually watch this video. <laughs> 800 people now know this statistic. <laughs> oh, there's more here. We're very excited to get open. Okay. Nothing wrong with being... By the way, nothing wrong with being proud of your town. Not saying that at all. I would say there's definitely something wrong with this whole little production from the local government, though. There's something wrong with that. Like, if you're from Fontana, there's nothing wrong with being, fuck yeah, I'm from Fontana, fuck yeah, it's a great place to live. But I would also in the same breath go, but by the way, you know, the government, they're fucking weird. <laughs> they're weirdos. They have can-can girls and ghost piano players and shit. Throughout Southern California is soon to be the newest business addition to the city of Fontana. Okay, where they getting, plan on taking advantage they, of the they, They're getting a supermarket soon in Fontana. <laughs> I mean, it's all happening. Vast opportunities Fontana has to offer. We've been looking to open a store in Fontana for the last five years. And we believe that Fontana residents would absolutely love what we offer and what we bring to the community. 
So five years ago, we really started to you know, drive around the city and find locations that we thought were appropriate for our store. Luckily, five we years. were able to land a great site. We're very excited to get open. Okay, all right. A little, little, little bit of local business. That's all right. What, who have we got here? Truck driver. <laughs> this plant here produces ag pip. C900, C909 for yep. water transmission yep. and gravity sewer. This plant specifically is all over the West it? Coast. It is riveting stuff. All right, back to, back to the mayor. Let's act like our we like that. Our city is growing and our infrastructure must grow with it. Mm -hmm. We are the largest city and the largest geographic county in the U.S. and our population is expected to reach 280,000 by the year 2040. Oh. Wait, 280,000. So it's going to reach 280,000 by 2040? Okay, now I need to know, how big is the city of Fongtown? Let's have a little look here. Okay. In in 2019, the estimated population was 214,547, okay? 214,000 in 2019. Which really makes me reconsider the statistic that flashed up on the screen just a moment ago. This one. Police service calls. <laughs> So for a population of 214,000, they have 122,000 calls to the police. <laughs> oh, dear. This, you know, I've got to say, despite the very rosy production that's being presented to me here, I've got to say, it doesn't sound like a very nice place, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> It's like it's like one out of two people call the, the Fontana Police Department. One out of every two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 214,000 people live there. Those 214,000, more than half of them at least have called the police once. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. All right. There's still half of this video to go. I wish I had have started this at the start of the show. We might have to come back to this another time, I think. Maybe on Wednesday we'll finish it. I don't know. I'll see how I feel because I've got so much stuff I didn't get through. You should see all the links and videos that I have. It's insane. And then I'm going to add to it before Wednesday and then by Friday as well. So it's a, it's a dog's breakfast, really. But we'll do our best. Maybe there's more to check out here the city of Fontana. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive tonight. Don't forget to follow all of our friends. Like I said, I'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to praise my police service call number, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until uh, next time... That's it. So stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.